it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never made up stories to the January 6th committee. So check it out. Yesterday, they trot out a surprise witness, like it's the masked singer. And she gives this bombshell testimony that Trump choked Secret Service agents and tried to grab the wheel of the presidential limo. No sooner than they put the quarters in their latest political arcade game, the Secret Service putting out a statement saying the whole thing was false. We will discuss it in this hour. We will get into two big drop-ins. Miranda Devine from the New York Post is going to stop by to discuss Hunter Biden. Hunter's a dirtbag. And Johnny Joey Jones, a proud American, a Purple Heart recipient, will take us inside the misinformation war being fought about abortion. Democrats are so full of crap. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of this thing. Also the number every day if you don't want to be a part of this thing. We don't care how you vote. I'm a talk show host. I'm not an activist. I don't want to be in charge. I'm a 44-year-old man who plays video games. Would you stop it? Okay, the only rule this day and every day on the program, you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, just don't be a... Uh, Quick TV alert. I am on... Tucker Carlson tonight. It is the long-awaited matchup between me and Dana Perino in the final exam. It's not looking good for me in Vegas. Vegas has me as like a 20,000 to 1 underdog. I have the same odds of winning final exam tonight as Joe Biden does of winning the Tour de France. Come on, man. It doesn't look good, but I will be on Tucker tonight. I will be on the Faulkner Focus tomorrow. And then I'm on vacation. I am gone Friday. I am out of here. I got to get out to L.A. and host some Fourth of July specials and spend some time with my family. Uh, you will catch me on the Fourth of July hosting the Five, and I will be also co-hosting the live fireworks coverage that evening. But as for the rest of the week, I'm going to be out in L.A. walking around with my wife and my child, trying not to step in the poop on the sidewalk. <laughs> It's not pretty. It is exactly what a lot of people are saying right now in regards to this Cassidy Hutchinson testimony. She appeared in front of the January 6th committee yesterday, and uh, it will inspire a lot of best-selling books uh, in the fiction section anyway. And this is where we start the conversation today. And I want you to understand, man, okay, I don't come on the air if you're listening to me for the first time. I'm not like running like the Donald Trump radio defense fund. Like I'm not like a guy who's like playing golf at Mar-a-Lago. Like don't get me wrong. I'd, I'd go down there and check out Melania if she was walking around the lobby. You ought to be ashamed of Secretary. yourself. <laughs> but the point is like I'm like not on the inside. I'm not, you know, one way or the other de- devoting my show to political loyalties in any direction. I really, I really don't care. I really want this show to be a force multiplier, I say, every day of positive energy just to shoot some some goodwill, some good energy, a couple of jokes into the night sky and try to get our politics back to a place where you can have a view, I can have a view. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if we agree because the whole point of America is we're free range chickens. OK, that's the national motto, e pluribus unum, out of many, 
One, okay, what we're doing wrong now is the quest for power has become so hyperpartisan. We're just trying to find one for the many, meaning do it my way or you're all fired. You know, embrace my abortion views or you're all a bunch of murderers. You know, that whole dumb thing. You know, embrace my border policies, whatever it happens to be. Take my gun views or you're a murderer. Blood's on your hands. We'll get madder at you as opposed to the killers. You know, it's a dumb place to be in our politics. So I'm always trying to get this conversation just to a place of truth and objectivity. And then you can go do what you want with it. Okay, understand what happened yesterday, the truth and objectivity of what went on yesterday. Is there in a bad spot with this January 6th committee from the standpoint of nobody's really watching it? Um, it started out with 20 million viewers the first episode. That fell to 10 the second episode. The third episode was halved again to five. We're now up to, like, episode six. They tried something yesterday called a surprise witness, an emergency hearing. So they weren't going to do this. We didn't know there was going to be a hearing as of Monday. Okay, by Monday night, they're, oh, we're having a hearing, and it's a big one. We've got a surprise witness. Dun, dun, da. It's the masked singer. Tune in to see who, the, who we're going to unmask who's mad at Trump this time. And everybody in the media went nuts with no idea whether or not it was even worth watching. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. A lot of people feel that way. And, and that opinion's not going to change after what went down yesterday. Cassidy Hutchinson, a former White House aides, aide, by all account, a wonderful young lady. Um, you have no personal issues with her. But she told stories that appear to have been completely fabricated. Okay, first and foremost, she did not testify as an eyewitness to anything that the media ran with. She didn't say, I saw this. I was in the room. This was, I heard. You understand? This is an REO Speedwagon song. Heard it from a friend who, heard it from a friend who, heard it from another, you've been messing around. Get your act together, Jenny Fallon. A lot of friends are talking. But no, I kid. The point is, she wasn't there. And the media ran with it anyway is, oh, unbelievable. The bombshell testimony. America will never be the same. And within an hour of her testimony concluding, the Secret Service offered a rebuttal saying everything she said was patently untrue. (laughs) But nobody's actually reading the retractions. You understand that's the damage the media is doing in this moment. Okay, I'm showing some concern, not even for Donald Trump, for the country. We live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. If you feed them the emotional narrative that Donald Trump is choking Secret Service agents, lunging for the steering wheel, throwing his porcelain plates at the wall and smashing them, people believe that emotionally because it fits their confirmation bias about Trump, so they invest in it as fact. And the media runs with it as fact even after it's been retracted by the Secret Service. The media is a bunch of losers. I'm telling you, it's damaging to the country. And the bigger problem, too, on like, it's almost on a laughable level, is, you know, everybody's had a friend, right, who complains so much about one of their coworkers that you eventually realize your friend's the problem. I mean, oh, crazy Nancy at work. She's just a crazy Nancy. I can't believe you you, you don't want to know what crazy Nancy did today. Oh, girl, crazy Nancy done did it again. And after like three weeks of this, you're like, what if Nancy's like the coolest person in the world? And my friend here might be a little difficult to work with. I think he's got a point. Okay, what they do with Trump 
is they've gotten to such a place of emotion that it denies them the self-awareness that would tell an objective observer, hey, there's something not right about what's going on here. And a good example of that is the constant contradiction in what Trump is. Okay, one minute, it's a feeble old man. Did you see the way he walked down a ramp at West Point in the rain? Look at the footwork. The guy's got Alzheimer's. He can barely stand. The next He's choking out Secret Service agents 50 years younger than him, putting his arm through the barricaded window in the Beast. And, oh, by the way, he didn't ride in the Beast that day. He happened to be riding in an SUV. But what is it? Is he a feeble old man who can't walk down a ramp or is he Thanos? Is he a supervillain from the Avengers that can just snap his fingers and kill men 50 years younger? They don't seem to know. It's no differently than in the run-up to 2016. This is the dumbest guy who ever lived. Nobody's ever been dumber. Can't elect him. He's so stupid. The minute the election's over, this brilliant criminal mastermind manipulated the election with Vladimir Putin. They hatched a scheme so brilliant. None of us can even see it coming. We got to do something. This is like an Austin Powers movie. Dr. Evil now controls the White House from the other side of the world. You shut your mouth, you bastard. They can't make up their minds. And it's just emotional. I'm not defending Trump. I'm defending sanity. Okay, Trump's actions on January 6th were terrible. Oh, they were so bad. But that's the problem the Democrats have. We all know they're bad. We all agreed they were bad. We all got on TV. We all got on the radio January 6th and was like, oh, hell no. You can't do that. You can't storm the Capitol. If you're storming the Capitol, you're not a Republican. You're not a Democrat. You're a It's no different than in the summer of 2020 when they stormed the White House. Fifty Secret Service agents got hit with bricks and rocks. Trump was brought into a bunker beneath the White House by the Secret Service, derisively referred to from that moment forward as Bunker Boy, because we had seen an intense violent attack at the White House. But, of course, they told us when January 6th happened that this was unprecedented. Oh, we've never seen anything like this in our lives. Oh, my God. Okay, that's what they said. The same folks who turned a complete blind eye to the attacks in Washington in the summer of 2020. That's just how white folks will do you. Cassidy Hutchinson, okay, sits down yesterday and tells this story that fits the confirmation bias of Trump being evil. And people want to run with this. Here's the story as it pertains to her testimony. This is what she said. Clip one. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president. Take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motion towards his clavicles girl please stop talking right now so that's the allegation okay he says we're going to the capitol chokes a secret service agent reaches for the steering wheel of the white house again key caveat being this story was recounted to me this is not a witness this is i heard it's a lyric from the killers somebody told me that you had a boyfriend who looked like a girlfriend that i had in february of last year Okay, this is not eyewitness testimony for starters, which is why it would be problematic in a court of law. But then comes information (laughs) completely refuting this. Okay, she says, you know, guys willing to testify. Okay, CBS News congressional correspondent Scott McFarlane immediate reports that the Secret Service is going to respond to these allegations and refute them. 
U.S. Secret Service has been cooperating with the select committee since its inception in spring of 2020. We will continue to do so, including by responding on the record to the committee regarding new allegations surfaced in today's testimony. With NBC's chief White House correspondent Peter Alexander adding, Secret Service Spock tells me the agents in Trump's presidential SUV are available to testify under oath, responding to Hutchinson's new allegations. A A source close to the Secret Service says both men, both men dispute Trump grabbing the steering wheel or assaulting an agent. They do not deny that Trump was irate and demanded they drive to the Capitol. However, they dispute the allegation that he choked them and grabbed the wheel. Oh, wow. Do you understand why that's relevant? If this was a court of law beyond a court of opinion is because if the witness is lying about one thing, the jury is to treat them as if they're lying about everything. Bingo. Now, I don't know this woman. She'd be the coolest girl in the world. She might be great at karaoke. Maybe she does, like, Love Shack on a level that everybody gets behind it. They didn't even have to like the B-52s. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You know, but the point is, this story is already being refuted just hours after it was told. And it puts us back into this position where people's faith in the institution, which in this case is a committee that kind of does read like a show trial. It's the first congressional committee in the history of our country, in the history, where the minority party was not allowed to appoint committee members, where the minority party is not allowed to cross-examine witnesses. So it's not a trial, per se, with like a prosecution and a defense. This is just a prosecution. In this instance, the United States Secret Service has come to play the role of the defense because it turns out the prosecution is telling lies. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. So let me give you this. Kosh Patel was on Hannity last night. He is the former chief of staff to the acting secretary of defense. He served with both of these men. It's clip five. I with both Bobby and Tony. They are career civil service agents. They're former military. They embody what career government officials should be. I would take their word over any word of this junior staffer who is completely, I believe, lying to the January 6th committee for her own self-gain. Bobby and Tony acted appropriately every single time I traveled with the president over 40 separate trips with those two individuals. I would love to hear them contradict this lie with the truth. I mean, think about that, though. Really think about that. Okay, the Secret Service agents are on record saying they are willing to come forward and contradict this. It's all over the papers today. The Post, the New York Times. He's choking Secret Service agents. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. And you have to understand, again, it's not even a defense of Trump. Trump's actions that day were bad. Okay, but what I'm trying to defend here is sanity. I'm trying to defend, you know, reason. I'm trying to defend an honest conversation because it doesn't end good for any of us if we can just wage a war on reality in the name of getting political power. Because ultimately what can happen is you get people in charge of the country who have no idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris and I approve this message. Okay, this constant accusation that Trump is unhinged. He'll say anything to get his way. You know, he's undermining faith in our institutions. And he's stoking violence by spreading lies about what went on. Okay, this is exactly what they're doing. 
Okay, the Democrats in this moment, they don't need another day of committee hearings. They really don't. All they need at this point for this whole Looney Tunes episode that's devoid of self-awareness, all they really need at this point is a mirror. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's like it's a it's a game changer. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go to home services marketplace for getting all your jobs done. Well, now you might be wondering what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a guy you can hang out with July 15th and 16th at the Stress Factory. Comedy Club in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Shows Friday and Saturday at 7 o'clock and 9 p.m. Come down and get rowdy with your radio buddy. You can get tickets at newbrunswick.stressfactory.com. Right now, the big show on Capitol Hill. Chris Wallace was over at CNN yesterday, and he was buying what this witness was selling. CNN is the worst. Listen to Wallace. This is hilarious. Clip 9. What people are going to take away from this is that image. Inside the beast, which is what they call the presidential limousine, inside the beast, when Trump gets in after the rally and thinks he's going to Capitol Hill to be with the marchers and his Secret Service, it's not just any Secret Service, it's the head of the presidential detail. Bobby Engel says, no, we're going to the White House. The president of the United States, I assume he's sitting in the back seat, reaches forward, tries to grab the steering wheel, and when the, when the Secret Service... He had takes his hand away. He reaches with his other hand for the guy's so, throat. I mean, it's astonishing. That's an image you're never going to forget. If you are a self-respecting person, you're going to forget that image immediately because it turned out to be false. <laughs> the Secret Service, both agents in question, Mr. Wallace. Both agents saying it didn't happen, and they're willing to say as much under oath. So you understand, there's such a thing as a collective psychology. I used to drive a taxi in New York City, and I would tell you, if you put, you know, 
10 million people in a three square mile area, a lot of times they wind up in the same mood because there's the same two or three stories enveloping all of them. What did the Knicks do last night? That's generally never a good thing for the country's mood, <laughs> for the city's mood. What do the Yankees do? What's going on with traffic? Is the president in town? There are always things that color the mood of a collective group of people. And when it comes to the January 6th committee, everybody watching and rooting for the committee is so desperate for that daily confirmation bias that tells them they're better than the evil, bad Trump, that they're willing to make up stuff Trump did if it makes them feel better about themselves, which is why Chris Wallace humiliated himself yesterday on CNN. Thankfully, there are only 13 people watching, but that's embarrassing stuff. Introducing Barbie's Inflation Dream House, the toy that costs more every time you play with it. Hmm? What's going on? Barbie's Inflation Dream House comes with three jobs so she can put gas in her Corvette. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. A little break? Okay. And while there's no fancy bathroom, Barbie has plenty of discount toilet paper because she can't afford the good stuff. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. Barbie's Inflation Dream House. On sale now, so Barbie can move into a more affordable place. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. There it is, Fox Across America. Barbie's hitting the road. The inflation's bad. Uh, We're at a 40-year high. Uh, Fourth of July weekend approaching. It's the biggest road trip weekend of the year. By the way, if you're going on a Fourth of July road trip and you're going to take that driving selfie with the family, you know, post it on social media. Here we go. Road trip. You're going to take that little couple selfie. Why don't you wait an hour and take the picture when you're fighting? Just a much funnier picture. Just you and the missus screaming at each other at the Delaware Water Gap. I told you to take 95. January 6th committee also heading the wrong way right now. I want to play you a little more media stuff, and then we've got to move on to some Biden political fallout because another Democratic congressperson is refusing to campaign with Joe Biden. Biden sucks. And that is a tell as to why they're trying to get as much mileage out of this January 6th committee as they are. Because you got to understand, if you watched it, no objective person could watch January 6th and go, oh, that's good. No, it's okay that they did that. It was wrong. It was wrong that day. It was wrong every day since. We all can agree it was bad. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, it was terrible. Of course it was. It just wasn't what they tried to repurpose it as, which was a deadly white supremacist insurrection to overthrow the government. Okay, the only person who actually died that day was an unarmed Trump supporter named Ashley Babbitt, who was shot in the throat by a Capitol police officer. Now, she should have been in the Capitol. She also shouldn't be killed. But reality is we agree that it was bad. We just don't agree on what we do next. Okay, the Democrats want you to believe that everybody who challenged the results of the 2020 election and said it was illegitimate should die in prison. Okay, fair enough. That's your belief. But then what do you do with these people who were all prominent Democrats who challenged the results of 2016? As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? 
I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. <laughs> Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. I mean, really think about that. That's Hillary Clinton at the end there, flat out saying, oh, you can't question the legitimacy of an election that leads to violence you can't do it you know unless we're doing it too uh in which case it's the rules don't apply understand that as bad as the capital was and you may have your objections with republicans challenging the vote certification in 2020 of the electoral college the democrats including jamie raskin who led the second trump impeachment including jamie raskin who leads the january 6th committee Jamie Raskin challenged the certification of the electoral vote in 2016. The Democrats also challenged the certification of the electoral vote in 2004, and they challenged it in 2000. So if challenging the certification of the Electoral College is a crime equivalent of treason and sedition, then every one of them should be in jail, too. If that's the deal you want to make, let's make the deal. But are any Democrats signing up to make that little tit-for-tat deal? The answer would be no. No, it's a double standard, and the country suffers as a result. But the reason they're trying to push this as far as they can, they brought in an ABC television producer. They brought in a surprise witness. Again, they went full masked singer on the January 6th committee. It used to be they told you who was testifying tomorrow. Now you don't know. It's suspense. Oh, who even knows? What are they going to sing before we take off the mask? Is it the Macarena? Is it Eric B. and Rakim? Are they going to sing Paid in Full? It's a great song. But the, th- the truth is they're trying with these suspense cliffhangers, with these, you know, wild stories of Trump choking people out, grabbing the wheel. They're trying to drum up interest in this because they would rather run on January 6th than run on their record. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Again, inflation's at a 40-year high. We are looking at a record level of fentanyl overdose deaths because of their indifference to securing our southern border. Gas has gotten so expensive, people are turning tricks behind the gas station to fill up their tank. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. So they're running as hard as they can with January 6th. The problem is, again, it's emotional for them. So they're not doing their due diligence when it comes to vetting witnesses and making sure their testimony squares. Okay, Cassidy Hutchinson, who, again, might be the sweetest gal you'll ever meet. She she might be out. She might be great. You don't I mean, you just you don't know. Okay, but her testimony was garbage. And the fact that the Secret Service is unwilling, excuse me, is on record, willing to refute it tells you everything you need to know. But it didn't stop Jeffrey Tubin yesterday. By the way, a guy who is still employed at CNN. He got caught exposing himself to his coworkers on a Zoom meeting. And the man is still employed. Apparently, what can you say? Jeffrey Tubin has a lot of pull. But here he is on CNN, flat out saying, oh, this, this strangulation testimony. Um, this is crazy. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Here it is, clip eight. He tried to strangle his Secret Service agent. If someone had told you that 15 minutes before this hearing started, you would have said, you know, you'd watch too many movies. 
I mean, the, the scene is so much worse and so much crazier than any of us thought. And the number of criminal offenses that Donald Trump may have committed over the course of January 6th just got a lot longer, including assault on a Secret Service agent. <laughs> he assaulted a Secret Service agent. That is a fact check false. Come on, man. Again, if he did assault a Secret Service agent, I don't give Trump like a free pass. Yes, if he commits a crime, send him to jail. If Trump incited a riot, send him to jail. If Trump is guilty of breaking the law, I'd want him in prison just like everybody else. I don't want to live in a world where there's two standards of justice. We're doing it right now. It sucks. It's terrible. It's getting people killed. Okay, but you understand this is the fraud of right now. This is the fraud of this moment. Okay, they're telling you you got to tune into the January 6th committee because there could be charges for Trump. Oh, tune in tomorrow. He's going to take a perp walk right out of the White House. I'm telling you, this is this is the one. The great pumpkin's going to fly over this Halloween. I know it didn't fly over last Halloween. We said Russian collusion. We had proof as far as the eye could see. Adam Schiff said on record, this is the head of the House Intel Committee, that it's beyond circumstantial evidence that we have proof Trump colluded with Russia. All you have right now is a circumstantial case. Uh, actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I, I can tell you that the case is more than that. Uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now. So, um, again, I think... So you have seen direct evidence of collusion? Uh, I don't want to go into specifics, but I will say that there is evidence that is not circumstantial uh, and uh, and is very much worthy of investigation. All you have right now is a circumstance. He should be behind bars. That's the head of the House Intel Committee. You want to talk about undermining faith in our government institutions. That guy was willing to go on TV and say we had beyond circumstantial evidence. So you've seen proof of collusion. I can't get into the specifics, but it's beyond circumstantial, which is his illegalese way of saying yes, but covering his butt when he can't produce the evidence. Do you understand? They're damaging faith in our institutions. There's a lot of people who aren't necessarily dyed-in-the-wool Trump supporters that go, wow, they're really lying a lot about Trump. And don't get me wrong, Trump says a lot of dumb stuff. But when you try to distort what he says and you discredit yourself, it's hard for people to believe any of this. That's the problem we have with Cassidy Hutchinson. Her story is a lie. Never mind that in their zeal to go get Trump, they submitted her story to the record without vetting it. They submitted hearsay, not real evidence, not an eyewitness account. They're calling her a bombshell eyewitness. It's the first bombshell eyewitness in history that didn't actually see anything with her own eyes. That's true. That is true. Even to Jake Tapper's credit, he told Jamie Raskin, you need more evidence other than hearsay. Here it is, clip 10. It is just an incredibly damning and dramatic story. Uh, I would just, as a journalist... And as an American, appreciate more corroboration for the story since, as of now, it is hearsay. I mean, it is oh, sure. somebody. Re- I mean, think about that. It is hearsay. And what does Jamie Raskin say? Oh, sure. You see that? Meaning we, this isn't a real witness. But they trotted her out anyway. And they said, oh, it's, it's bad. I'm telling you this. No, you don't understand. This is bad. This time around, it's bad. Okay, listen to Jamie Gangle over on CNN telling you how mad the Republicans are with Trump after the testimony. Clip 11. Even my Republican sources who normally just privately <laughs> say things, they say it is worse than we ever imagined. This wasn't one bombshell. It was multiple 
bombshells. And I think the thing that is resonating is that Cassidy Hutchinson had access. She was credible. And this isn't one story. It is account after account. She is a first-hand fact witness to what was going on on January 6th and the days that followed. You're a liar. Did you hear that? She was a first-hand witness to the events. I just played in the previous clip Jamie Raskin admitting that it was hearsay, meaning she was not a first-hand witness. Yet they ran with that anyway. Because, again, this the goal of this committee is not to get the truth. The goal of this committee is to get Trump. I admire your honesty. Okay, here's the thing, and I'm just telling you this because I care. I don't actually think Trump is running in 2024. I should think he's going to run. Okay, I think he has cemented his legacy in his eyes. The Supreme Court justices he appointed overturned Roe versus Wade. It's the biggest victory for life in the history of the last 50 years. Uh, I think the gun rights ruling, uh, I think the religious freedom ruling give him a legacy that is cemented into the law of this country. And I think he's going to hang his hat on those wins as opposed to chancing another electoral defeat at the hands of, say, Iran DeSantis or a guy like Tim Scott, who has a phenomenal story, who, uh, to be honest with you, I hope and pray Tim Scott runs just to force this conversation to an honest place when it comes to race in America. You know what I mean? Because we're not in an honest place when Joe Biden can get on TV and say this. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Okay, black people are entitled to their own thought. They're not entitled to whatever the Democratic Party tells them, especially not when it's a guy like Joe Biden who eulogized a member of the Ku Klux Klan and Robert Byrd. You can look it up. Okay, who wrote the 1994 Biden crime bill which overzealously targeted minority communities threw people in jail for life for smoking weed. That's who Joe Biden is. He tells the black community, they don't have a, they don't have a voice in the huddle here. It's, you got to pick me. You know, the guy who might have thrown some of your friends and neighbors in jail for life for smoking a joint. I'm the guy who cares about your community. That's the scam of right now. Tim Scott has a great empowering story where he likes to focus not on the America we were, but the America we are. Tim Scott's grandfather, sadly, was forced out of school in the third grade to pick cotton. That's where we were as a country, a really bad place. But we evolved to a place where Tim Scott could become the first black man elected to both houses of Congress because as the country integrated and became more evolved and began to understand each other's cultures, okay, we built the most tolerant and inclusive society on the face of the earth. Racism is a byproduct of ignorance. People fear and hate things they don't understand. But as we cross-pollinate as a society and we all get to know each other, we realize we're all just people. Okay, we all have the same wants and needs. And it's made it a lot easier for our society to integrate and support one another. But the Democrats want you to believe America in 2022 is America in 1822. And again, it's not because they're interested in the truth. It's because they're interested in getting political power. Consequences be damned. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not running for office in the midterms. But a lot of the Democrats who are 
do not want to campaign with Joe Biden. Come on, man. Listen to this one. Abigail Spanberger, she's, of course, a Democrat from Virginia. She was on America's Newsroom with Dana Perino. She was on yesterday. Same show I was on. I was on. She was on. Look at that. We could have hung out, man. Anyway, she was on America's Newsroom, and uh, she was asked by the great Dana Perino if she wants to cam- if she wants Biden to campaign for her in November. Here's the non-answer. Clip 44. Do you think that you'll have President Biden come and campaign with you in that district? I, I intend to do the campaigning myself. I am the candidate. It's my name on the ballot. And I plan on um, engaging voters across our 11 localities, some of them new to me, some of them communities I've represented already. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I mean, she really is like, hey, do you want Biden to come campaign for you? Well, you know, I'm going to campaign for myself. This is no different uh, out in Ohio. Democratic Senate candidate said what? No, no, uh, you know, Biden. Uh, well, here's the thing. You know, elections, you know, you're voting for the individual candidate. So I should, you know, I should just campaign on my own. It's a fancy way of saying, hell no, I don't want to compare, com- you know, campaign with Biden. The guy's terrible. I agree with that. OK, but here is a follow up because that's what Dana does. OK, she asks, OK, well, you won't say whether or not you want to campaign with him. Do you support a Biden Harris 2024 ticket? Here's that answer. Clip 45. Would you support Biden-Harris ticket in 2024? I'm looking squarely towards 2022 and the re-election ahead of me, uh, working to make sure that voters across Virginia's 7th District know what I've been doing on their behalf and why I'm asking for their vote again. Uh, and I'll, I'll be focused uh, on 2024 after we get through the 2022 election. <laughs> so do you support Biden-Harris in uh, 2024? Look, Dana, squirrel, over there, check it out. She did not want to answer that question. And what is that? You know, non-answers are answers in politics. So you got Biden polling at 38%. So they add Kamala to the question. They say, all right, you don't want Biden to campaign for you. But what if Biden and Kamala? Her response is basically Lincoln Fela's response. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! But that's why we have secret witnesses and crazy January 6th testimony and tune in tomorrow. He might go to jail. Do you understand the DOJ, local law enforcement agencies, they don't need a congressional committee to tell them whether or not to arrest someone who committed a crime. If you go out and murder somebody, they don't assemble a special committee in Washington and the law enforcement agencies wait around to figure out what to do with you. If there's evidence of someone committing a crime, uh, they go out and arrest them. So this idea that you need to tune in tomorrow because this could be the day he gets charged. I'm just telling you because I care, okay? This doesn't end with him getting charged. The DOJ doesn't need the committee to wind up charging Trump. They conduct their own investigation. And here's a newsflash. They already did and decided not to charge him. The FBI said as much, dating all the way back to 2021, which is why we're sitting here just calling BS on the committee. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We're coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It's a big hour of Fox Across America. Miranda Devine is going to be in the house. Okay, she is the author of the book Laptop from Hell which chronicles the exploits of one Hunter Biden. If you remember on the campaign trail, Joe Biden said he never spoke to his son about his business dealings. You're not telling me the truth. And we know that because new voicemail recordings 
of Joe Biden calling Hunter and discussing news articles pertaining to his business interests from the year 2018 have surfaced. Now, understand this is relevant. Why? Because if Biden said, I never talked to my kid about his business and we find out he was, in fact, talking to his kid, that means he lied, which means if he lied about talking to his kid, you probably can't take him at his word when he says he didn't get a cut of the money. This despite the fact that Hunter Biden's business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, came forward on record and said that Biden was getting a 10 percent cut. Are you the big man, Joe? So Miranda has the latest information on that, and uh, it's information worth looking into. I don't have the full answers here. I just know, again, when people are lying about one thing, it usually discredits them about everything else they're telling you. It's no different than the issue we were discussing in the previous hour with this January 6th committee. They bring forth a witness who says Trump choked a Secret Service agent and lunged for the steering wheel. The Secret Service says she's lying. So once you hear that, how do you take anything else she says seriously? It's very hard to do. That's the problem we have in this moment. But the testimony in front of the January 6th committee is Trump got mad and assaulted a driver. The testimony as it pertains to Joe Biden's business dealings is that his son sold hundreds of millions of dollars worth of access into our government. Understand, okay, Hunter Biden got a job on the board at Burisma, a Ukrainian power company, despite the fact that Amish people know more about electricity than Hunter Biden does. But he got that gig while his dad was the vice president of the United States. Joe Biden served two terms as Barack Obama's vice president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen. And while you, this Ukrainian company was trying to negotiate a power deal, they put the vice president of the United States' son onto their board because they know that would give them influence. That is, you know, the very definition of pay-for-play politics, quid pro quo politics. But the media buried the story during the run-up to the 2020 election. If you remember, they're like, you can't share it, you can't talk about it, you can't tweet it, we'll ban you from social media. You can't do it. And what happened the minute the election was over? The New York Times, the Washington Post, they all came forth and agreed that, oh, yeah, turns out the Hunter Biden story was real. Oh, would you look at that? And this is significant for two reasons. One, it swung the election. When you read the polling that says, you know, Joe Biden voters would have changed their vote if they knew the Hunter Biden story. You know, when you hear that, you know, 20 percent would have changed their vote. You know, you're talking about a big amount of votes, millions of votes. The guy got 81 million votes. If 15 percent, 20 percent of his voters changed their votes, you're talking about, you know, 15, 16 million votes. In an election that was decided by 50,000 votes. Do you understand? That's problem A. Problem B is that if, in fact, the guy turns out to be compromised, we're all compromised. That's the bigger issue here. Okay, if this guy was doing business with Ukrainians on a level that, you know, puts him in a position where they have leverage over him. Again, we just sent $40 billion to Ukraine. Biden keeps telling you, oh, the, you know, it's Putin's price hike. The reason gas is so bad is Putin's uh, fighting a war in Ukraine. Well, if that's the case, why aren't we doing everything we can to end the war and broker a peace as opposed to financing this endless engagement? OK, if one is not the other. And I think the real reason here is, you know, it's very possible that Ukraine has Biden by those old droopy nuts of his. I mean, I don't know that to be the case. But again, knowing how much influence they sold Knowing how much corroborating evidence we've seen, it's a question worth asking. At the very least, it's a question worth asking. And this is the theory I posit to you. Okay, is Joe Biden, when he left the White House, Barack Obama thought so much of him 
that he talked him out of running in 2016, said, do not do this. It is Hillary's year. You don't do this. I don't think you should run. You know, you've had the Bo Biden situation. You know, you've served the country. You're a little older now. I don't think you should run. So Joe Biden left Washington, okay, in 2016 under the auspices that he was done in Washington. Okay, God only knows what he and his family that were already peddling influence were willing to commit to in those intervening years where he never thought he was going to run for president again. But you understand Hillary losing changed the calculus. Hillary losing, okay, the assumption was she was going to be Trump. She was, you know, like a 100 to 1 favorite in Vegas that she was going to be Trump. It was considered a slam dunk that she was going to beat Trump. Wrong. Okay, so understand when she didn't beat Trump, Okay, that meant there was no Democrat in Washington for the next four to eight years in terms of nominations, because if she ran, she was going to get the nomination a second time. So Joe Biden in his brain might have went home from Washington being like, well, I'm done serving the country. It's time for the country to serve me. Let's start making this money, Hunter Biden. Hook me up. Where are the oligarchs? Let's get down the Cafe Milano. I like a $6,500 lasagna as much as the next guy. They ate some fancy dinners down there on K Street in Washington. You got to see it. Oh, it's wild. The wine alone, staggering. Okay, but that's what happens when you're selling interest to the you know most pro, you know powerful economic superpower in the world. So who knows? I don't have an answer. I have a question, though. <laughs> the question is, why aren't we covering this? Why aren't we all over this? Because it matters for every one of us. Every single one of us. It's not a political point. This is a, hey, we all live in America together. The starting pitcher, if he's compromised, if he's betting on the other team, as he goes, we go. I'm not saying Biden's trying to screw the country over. I'm not saying he's trying to ruin the country. I'm not accusing him of that. Uh, he just happens to be governing like he's trying to destroy the country, if we're being totally honest. Tell him like it is. This is I mean, it's the worst administration you've ever seen. Okay, there's, you know, in sports, they say you are what your record says you are. You are what your record says you are. If you're five and one, you're a good team. If you're one and five, you're a bad team. I don't hear it. Oh, we're practicing good. We've had injuries. You're one and five. That's your record. Joe Biden has a very unique record, okay, in that inflation is at a 40-year high. Presidents have done that, okay? Gas is at an all-time high. Presidents have done that, okay? We've got a record level of border crossings. Presidents have done that. Okay, but the one thing Biden has over all of these presidents is he's the only one to do all three at the same time. Individual presidents have presided over that sort of stuff. We've never had a president presiding over all three. You know, Jimmy Carter, you can talk about inflation and getting fuel shortages, and that's definitely a parallel between him and Biden. But you don't have this southern border indifference that's led to a record level of fentanyl overdose deaths. You don't have a 35-year spike in murders like we do under Biden. That's a thing. And, oh, by the way, we left the Taliban by pulling our troops out before we pulled out the civilians. That's stupid. Use your common sense. So we had to send the troops back in to conduct an, you know, airlift that still ended with the Taliban in control of the government. We went to Afghanistan for the sole purpose of making sure it didn't become a breeding ground for terror groups after September 11th. We left with a terror group governing the country, sitting on $85 billion of American weaponry. That can't be good. It's a bad situation. When it comes to foreign policy, yes, he's naturally bad at it. Robert Gates, Barack Obama's former defense secretary, once said in his autobiography, Joe Biden, bless his heart, great guy, but he has been wrong about every consequential foreign policy decision of the past four decades. 
Okay, now in some instances he's just wrong. But when it comes to the Hunter Biden story, he might be strategically wrong. We don't have an answer. We deserve one, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Okay, and that's the bigger issue. That's what we're going to be talking to Miranda Devine about. Okay, as we got to this place now where we have the voicemail between Biden and Hunter. I'll play it for you quick. I played it yesterday on the show, and I got to be honest, man. Okay, when you listen to this, you understand that there's some type of a there there. Why do I say that? Because Joe Biden had said to us, I have never once spoken to my son about his business dealings. Didn't know about it. We never talked about it. Once flew to China on Air Force Two. I never thought to ask him what he was up to. Okay, but here is Biden calling his son, leaving him a voicemail in response to a New York Times article that was coming out about their business dealings. It's clip 31. Hey, pals, Dad. It's 815 um, on uh, Wednesday night. If you get a chance, give me a call. Nothing urgent. Just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least the thing on online, was going to be printed tomorrow in the Times, was good. I think it's clear. And uh, anyway, um, if you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Did you hear that? I think you're clear. I thought the article released online, it's going to be printed tomorrow in the Times, was good. I think you're clear. What do, you, what do you mean you're clear? What do you, clearly there was a concern that he might not be clear, that he might have a real problem on his hands, depending on how this story was written. But we come to find out Hunter's lawyer was urging the New York Times not to mention Joe Biden, not to go full tilt all in on reporting this story. There are text messages exposed from this laptop. And a bigger question to be asked here is, again, Why is Hunter Biden recording everyone he talks to and keeping it? Was there a world where he was going to turn on his dad and expose some of his nefarious doings? I don't know. But why is he doing that? Why is someone walking around recording everyone and saving everything they say? We don't have the answer to that. The one answer we have is, did Joe Biden lie to us about Hunter's business dealings and never talking to him about it? Yes. Here is a quick montage of Biden dismissing this idea that he's ever spoken to his son about business. Clip 32. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. You're a bald-faced liar, a liar. No, understand, that's in 2019. The email I played you, it's 2018. Okay, that's a year before that. It's pretty damning stuff, but nobody in the media cares. And I'm telling you, it's a problem for this country. It's a problem for this country when there are two standards of intellectual curiosity. And we're living in that right now. I'm not saying this to like, oh, they would have been all over Trump. We know they would have been all over Trump. But it doesn't matter who the president is. If there's something like this where we have actual evidence of them lying to us, about something as serious as influence peddling in our government, if they're lying about knowing about it, they're probably lying when they say they didn't get paid from it. That's the big issue here. Miranda Devine wrote a best-selling book about it. We're going to discuss it, and she's going to discuss it with a lot more detail than I can because she, like, went to school and reads books and stuff. But the point is the basic horse sense I have as a guy who spent a lot of time driving a taxi in New York City just kind of making my way up in the world through one, you know, low-level profession after another – is if something's willing to lie to the whole country about something as small as whether or not they talk to their son, 
They're certainly willing to lie about much bigger things, especially if there's a link to some criminal wrongdoing on their part. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The critics have spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with Miranda Devine in the next break. I have to give a shout out on this show, by the way. I don't know if he's listening. But my man Tom over at Gem Fireplaces. Tom at Gem Fireplaces, if you're out there. I ran into my dad over the weekend smoking Joe Fela, which is never good. Anytime me and my dad get together, a couple of bottles of bourbon suffer as a consequence. <laughs> we, we've lost a lot of good men out there. Uh, but me and my dad had a pretty rowdy conversation at my sister's house on Sunday. And... Uh, Tom at Gem Fireplaces came up as a quality individual who had done some business with my dad and apparently claims publicly to be a fan of the show. He was willing to say in public that he listens to Fox Across America. What the hell is wrong with you? I said the same thing, Tom. But if you're out there, I do owe you a shout out for listening to the show. So a shout out to Tom at Gem Fireplaces. Uh, No shout outs to Javier Bacaria, as Joe Biden once called him. (laughs) Javier Becerra, Javier Bacaria. Remember that whole segment where he couldn't pronounce his name? But uh, Javier Becerra, uh, your HHS secretary, uh, says there hasn't been a decision yet on abortion clinics on federal land. Now, this is an interesting exchange because Kamala Harris did an interview on CNN, said we don't have the votes, that's not an option. But here is why they keep saying this administration is so unorganized. One guy says we don't have a decision. The vice president says, no, we're not doing that. Can just somebody make up their mind? Here's clip 12. What I can tell you is that we are aware of a number of ideas and proposals, many of which we have been considering internally ourselves. Uh, we have made no decisions yet. We certainly would have conversation with the president to make sure we implement his directives to us in trying to protect women's reproductive health care services. But as I said, every option is on the table. Well, that's that. Every option's on the table. Here's Kamala Harris saying the option of federal land not on the table. Now, granted, she doesn't have any say, but here it is. Clip 18. I think that what is most important right now is that we ensure that the restrictions that the states are trying to put up um, that would prohibit a woman from exercising what we still maintain is her right, that we do everything we can to empower women to not only seek but to receive the care where it is available. Is federal land uh, one of those options? I mean, it's not right now what we are discussing. You don't have a clue. They're not discussing anything with her. Like she's, you know, she's the kitty table. They're not telling her anything. But we, you know, again, we're getting a mixed message. One of the biggest problems of the Biden administration is there's just no consistency. Okay, the one place you can always find consistency is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She consistently says stupid, pandering things every time she gets in front of a microphone. AOC is a dope. You ain't kidding. Listen to this one. AOC talking about pregnant people. Oh, the call, the AOC call for on the pregnant people. I'm sorry. Did I not acknowledge that? We might have a mix up in the booth. Hold on a second. We'll we'll drum it up. Mikey, my producer, had made a campaign promise, but I don't know if it's here. Uh, here she is on Colbert. It's clip 14. Sorry about that. 
the Supreme Court has engaged in the overreaching of its authority in denying the human and civil rights of any pregnant person or person that could become pregnant in the United States of America. They have engaged in overreach, and it is the responsibility of the president and Congress to put the Supreme Court in check because they have delegitimized What would you do with a brain if you had one? Any pregnant person. What an idiot. Or person who could become pregnant. You're a loony. Okay, there's only one type of person that can become pregnant. They're called a woman. There are no pregnant persons, okay? Women get pregnant. This idiotic insanity, this erasing of women, this scientific indifference to the fact that there are stark biological differences between men and women. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. But again, how can you take any of their barbaric abortion positions seriously when they can't even tell you what a woman is? They're out here defending a woman's right to choose without even acknowledging what a woman is, that a woman is its own unique thing that gives birth. No, no. There's pregnant people. They're crazy. They're just morons is what they are. We're going to discuss them and so much more with the great Miranda Devine. It's actually a woman. <laughs> not a pregnant person. She is not pregnant at the moment. She's capable of such things as a woman. Uh, men, on the other hand, they are not. He knows what he's talking about. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy fired up to talk to this next guest. Every once in a while, our producer just likes to show off and bring in the kind of power guest that makes him look like he doesn't spend the whole day day drinking in his office. So I'm not denying the fact that he does do that, but in between, he took time out to book a very prestigious guest, far too classy for this program, but she comes on anyway. The great Miranda Devine returns. Hello, hello. Hello, Jimmy. What a great intro. Yeah, Miranda, you are Michael Advensky's get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, whenever he shows up to work with glitter on his face, and I know he's been at some gentleman's establishment for the entire previous <laughs> evening, he books Miranda Devine. I go like, oh, this guy's on top of stuff. He's doing his job. <laughs> yes, he's a brilliant producer, I must say. <laughs> and uh, and the little, the little uh, you know, cash tips he gives me on the side are great, too. <laughs> Listen, uh, that's the only part I don't agree with because I've seen him in these adult establishments. I've never seen him leave with money in his pocket. So you must be you must be running into him on the way there is all I'll say. No comment. <laughs> well, all right. So there's a lot going on. Okay, uh, since we last spoke, we've got this Biden voicemail that has surfaced. And, uh, you know, Biden fell off a bicycle. There's just the whole thing's a mess. There's like so many metaphors. There's a lot of directions we could go in. But I want to start here because this is the claim I made to my audience. If Joe Biden leaves Hunter a voicemail about a New York Times article that discusses Hunter's business dealings, is this not proof that Biden lied and said he didn't discuss business with his son? Well, look, it is just more evidence piled on more evidence that when Joe Biden told America during the election campaign that he knew nothing about his son Hunter's overseas business dealings, that he was lying. And, you know, he's been caught in serial lies about all sorts of things. And why do you lie? You lie to keep yourself out of trouble. And what is the trouble? The trouble is that Joe Biden was involved in Hunter and Jim Biden, his brother, 
dealers, mm-hmm. uh, sort of seedy deals with, uh, among other countries, China, which is, you know, our number one adversary. So uh, it's a problem for national security. And that's why Joe Biden has to keep on lying and hiding about it. It's so fascinating. We're talking to Miranda Devine, if you just joined us. And, uh, you know, I, 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 the voicemail I read and then, you know, obviously the follow up, you know, to this reality that Hunter is recording everyone. Why is is isn't anyone concerned about that? I mean, that's weird behavior. Like, you know, in the mob, when somebody wears a, a wire, it's because they're up to no good. And in, usually it's because they're trying to indemnify themselves against whatever they did wrong. Uh, should we be concerned about the fact that this kid was recording everybody? Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? I, I think it's a posterity. He wanted to be famous. He uploaded. I mean, he, he videoed almost every, well, a lot of sex anyway. Like every day he's videoing some new sex act with some new woman. Really? And then he uploads it to sites like Pornhub with uh, titles like Lonely Widow when he was having it off with his basically his brother's widow. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, you know, he, he, there are multiple photographs of himself in the nude. He loves, I guess he just loves the look of himself. Um, and <laughs> and he recorded conversations with, you know, women and girlfriends and prostitutes and uh, everything. I, I It is weird. Uh, he's, you know, he's he's just that's his fetish, and I guess he's bored. He had nothing else to do, and he did look at the videos a lot, and he he edited them, and he was proud of them. Maybe he wanted to go into the, I don't know, in the, por- you know, <laughs> the porno game. business or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this whole Ukrainian power company thing doesn't work out, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really, why? Well, it's what's interesting is, as you said, Pornhub, both of uh, the guys in the booth just shut down their browser windows on their computers. <laughs> just, I just saw two laptops slam shut when you said Pornhub. I don't know, I don't know what to take of what that, Miranda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really fascinating. Well, do you think there's a world, okay, because you've been all over this. You wrote a best-selling book about it, okay. Uh, you're all over this channel. Um, do, you, do you think there's a world where the rest of the country starts to demonstrate some intellectual curiosity, or are we still too far gone as hyperpartisans that no one wants to take a closer look at this for the you know fear of it damaging democratic political causes going forward? Look, uh, I think that when the grand jury in Delaware comes back with an indictment, it seems likely of Hunter, that um, there will have to be uh, a lot of discussion about this in the New York Times and CNN and so on. They can't ignore it. And, uh, and you know, it may be the first time that some of their audience even know about it because there's been very little. It took the New York Times 18 months to smuggle in a paragraph, of, you know, paragraph 24 of a story uh, to say that, yes, the laptop is real and, you know, we've authenticated the emails that we're telling you about. So uh, they'll, they'll have to do that. But also you've got to think it would be quite a convenient um I don't know, sort of Damocles to hold over Joe Biden's head if you're trying to force him to resign or not to run in 2024. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe they, you know, once you start seeing this story being properly prosecuted in the Democrat-friendly media, then you will know that they want to get rid of Joe Biden because they've been running such a, a you know, protection racket for him for so long that, um, you know, I can't see them stopping unless 
their motive changes about trying to keep him in place, which means obviously, I guess, <laughs> that that would mean that Kamala Harris is in power. And I'm, not, I'm not sure how, how electorally saleable she is. I, I don't know. I, I think if they had their ways, they would want a cracked out hunter in power before Kamala Harris. Now, we don't <laughs> we don't have that mechanism in our Constitution. Uh, but if there was a way to get it in there, uh, I, I think people would be on board with that. We're talking to the great. Marine don't Devon. joke about it. Absolutely. <laughs> he, he's actually very ambitious. Elect, you know, he, yeah. he he's talked about going into politics. Yeah. Well, listen, if, if you smoke enough crack in D.C., they do make you mayor. At one point. So he's, he's, Who actually smoked crack with Hunter Biden, according to Hunter? Yeah, so the, <laughs> there you go. He could be the, the rightful heir to Marion Barry. You just, you never know. Yeah. You, you never know. It's so, it's so fascinating. So the other, the other story uh, gripping our politics right now is obviously the repeal of Roe versus Wade. And AOC was on Stephen Colbert last night and said she is going to fight on behalf of all pregnant people. Now, um, I, I happen to believe... This is the dumbest political gambit ever waged by a party, is this whole idea that we're just going to erase women, they're going to be fine with it, we're going to deny science, people aren't going to you know, consider us crazy. Like, have they, are they so emotional they don't hear themselves? Because most rational people hear the word pregnant people and think it's absurd on its face. Yeah, and it's so at odds with their carry-on now about Roe versus Wade, mm-hmm. which is all about women and uh, being pregnant, which only women can be. But on the same side, they're trying to erase women. It mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. It makes them look foolish. It's like you know Latinx, which yeah. no, you know, nobody says. Barely, no Latino yeah. person has ever used the word Latinx. None. Literally none. No. No. And and look at look at how the Democrats are doing with the Hispanic population. They're failing, and they're going to fail with women as well. Women don't want to be erased. They don't want their children to be propagandized in this weird gender confusion racket. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so you know uh, the Democrats are just they are so extreme now. They're being pulled so far to the left by the likes of AOC, who I agree with Megan Kelly is a dumbo. You know. <laughs> She just says these words. She looks pretty. It sounds pretty. But she doesn't know what she's talking about. And she's really a menace. And you have her on the one side, and then you have lefty Nancy Pelosi on the other side, who just got communion uh, from the Pope in Rome because no one in San Francisco, there's not a single priest who will give it to her in her hometown. Um, And she is just so vile and so, uh, you know, such a, a norm buster. She's supposed to be the sort of elder statesman uh, of the Democrats in Congress, and she's just as crazy as AOC. Yeah, she is really, she is really nuts. Like, and I, I would suggest that we take away Nancy Pelosi's car keys, but we take, need to take away her husband's car keys first. <laughs> Yeah, there's, right. there's a line. There's a there's a line to get the keys in that house right now. That's the thing. Uh, Miranda Devine is on the line. If you just joined us, classing up the broadcast. And I agree on the AOC thing. It's it's fascinating because she has like, you know, she has a platform. She has a reach. You know, she'll go onto Instagram and cook dinner and yell into the camera. But it's all about nonsensical things. Like what I'm so fascinated about 
by the fallout from the overturning of you know Roe versus Wade is that they're trying to conduct this debate on a faulty premise that abortion has just been criminalized, that women are going to be under attack, they're not going to be able to get them. And that's just not reality. Basically, it's going back to the states. Each state's going to have an individual say. But they run on this sensationalized take, and I feel like they've sold us the idea of a falling sky so many times that I don't think they're getting the turnout on abortion that they thought they were. Meaning when the midterms come, yeah, they're going to carry the blue states they were going to carry, but I don't think this is going to flip a red state, do you? No, I don't either. And there's a poll, in fact, out today that Mm -hmm. says uh, that uh, basically the Republican prospects have gone up by one point Mm -hmm. since uh, the Roe versus Wade overturn mm-hmm. was overturned, and uh, you know that that's that I guess tells you that it's not going to move the dial, mm-hmm. and uh, it's not the big vote winner that they think it's going to be. I I just can't see it. I mean, maybe what it does for them on the plus side is it changes the conversation away from you know economy and mm-hmm. um, and all the issues that yeah, people really care about, and it goes back onto the issues that the media cares about, which is, you know, climate change, abortion, just these boutique issues that really are kind of an insult to Americans who are struggling to put gas in their tanks. Oh, it's so true. Like, I don't use the term white privilege seriously, but I consider climate change one of the greatest examples of what would constitute white privilege. If you go into a minority community that's struggling to put food on the table, I promise they don't care what the weather's going to do in 50 years. They don't have the luxury of caring what the weather's going to do in 50 years. And, And I think that's where they are, you know, wildly out of touch with everyday Americans. My secret hope with the repeal of Roe versus Wade, though, Miranda, is I keep holding out hope, like, you know, because I'm a former New York City cab driver, uh, is that if people do have to travel to other states to get abortions, maybe this will force the Democrats to do something about gas prices. <laughs> yeah, well, no, because they'll just subsidize them out of the taxpayer pocket. Um, and, you know, they'll have now Kathy Hochul wants abortion tourism to oh, New York. Gosh. Well, great. You know, fantastic. And how about, uh, you know, doing something else for New York, maybe cleaning up the homeless encampments, maybe stopping open drug markets, mm-hmm. um, maybe cleaning the garbage off the sidewalk, maybe locking up, cra- you know, mm-hmm. bad people. Imagine. And, and allowing crazy people and drug addicts to get some help. Um, So, you know, I'm so sick of the Democrat politicians in New York who are just trashing this place. And Eric Adams says all the time, oh, I didn't realise how bad New York was. Well, hello. (laughs) He ran on a law and order platform. So, you know, abortion tourism, that's not really going to do anything for New York. It's not going to help anybody. It's just virtue signalling to try and get out the vote. Oh, it's so true. You get it. This this is why Mikey books you to bail himself out. This is why the producer <laughs> knows. Whatever whatever he is greasing you under the table, demand a raise next time you see him, okay? <laughs> You're the best. Shall do. <laughs> the great Miranda Devine. I don't even want a 10% cut. This isn't one of those Biden big man deals. Just get your money and move on with your big life. Big guy. You got yeah, it. Big guy. <laughs> You're the big guy in this in this, in this this role play thing we got going on here on the radio. Take your, yeah, where's my 10%? <laughs> take your shakedown money and get out of here. You're the best, it's Miranda Devine. Cayman Island account. Bye. <laughs> there it goes. I'll see you soon. The great Miranda Devine in a Cayman Island account. 
Who knows what Mikey pays her to come on this show? I mean, I, you don't know. But this is the deal. I can always tell when Mikey was out the night before at like a Met game or a strip club or something like that because it's always a great guest list the next day. He knows he's going to get bailed out. You know, like we're not going to be disappointed in him more. Mikey, what the hell's going on in your personal life? Guy shows up with a face tattoo. He's been trying to scrub it off since 8 o'clock this morning. But we're all like, oh, look, Miranda Devine's on. And then Mikey's off the hook. It's, it's a well-played strategy. I just think the guy needs to get a little help. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, quick break. We're back after this. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Trying to hold this country together. Sometimes things get so dire, I have to call in a backup from a Canadian, of all people. Robert, listening up in Montreal, Canada. He's been playing along. He's got a take. Yo, Robert. Good afternoon, Jimmy. How are you? You know what? Everything's under control, but we did. We needed some good, calm Canadian energy to kind of ease people in because everybody's nuts down here right now. I don't know if you I don't know if you've been down lately. I was up by you. I was in Vermont last week. That was pretty rowdy, but people down here are completely insane and it's not the booze. Well, uh I think it is the booze, but I um <laughs> I was actually in Stowe, Vermont last week. Oh, get out. Those are my people. Yeah, I came da- came down for the day and I uh I was hoping you'd come see me, but you were obviously too busy, too important. So Stop I'll it. forgive you this time. I, I would have seen two of you if we got together. <laughs> I would have been seeing uh, two Roberts, not one. But uh, that's another story for another time. What do you think? Uh, do you think the left is going to riot here? Where do you think this is going? Okay, so a couple of things. Number one, I, I think that – and that's a very uh, – people are talking about something – that I, I think is so obvious that when the left does not get its way, mm-hmm. they resort to rioting and complaining as if they are eight-year-old babies stomping their feet, begging for a lollipop or an extra cookie from the jar. When conservatives, uh, or just for that matter, common sense, logical people don't get their way, they don't do that. And whether it's Roe versus Wade overturning, whether it's, uh, look, just take when President Trump was elected. I remember the, the protests, the riots. It doesn't matter what it is. They always tend to riot when the other side does not. And I think that has to be talked about because that goes to the character and the heart of, of the person. Well, it's interesting because there's and the movement. Well, there, listen, there's definitely a double standard on that. You know, like if you remember back to the summer of 2020, you know, 42 people died. There were $2 billion done in property damage, you know, and it was just kind of like looked the other way. And you're right to say, you know, the reason we can't all agree, like the January 6th thing would be a much bigger problem for the Republicans politically if the Democrats had owned the summer of 2020. But because they didn't. There's too many voters out there right now that don't care about January 6th because they just see the shoe as being on the other foot now. And it's like, oh, we're going to pretend to care if one side does it but not the other. That's where double standards really are dangerous. So forget you coming down to Vermont. Like, I might have to come up to Canada if this keeps up. 
Well, I don't know if we'll let you in the country. All right, that's enough uh, out of you, Robert. I, I got some kind of passport or smuggling apparatus. But I do understand your country's a little bit harder to get in these days than ours, right? Well, it depends. <laughs> it, it actually depends. We're, we're keeping out Americans, but we're letting in uh, Mexicans it's, it's, or Syrians or, or, mm-hmm. or, or other people. So it's, it's good. Well, we're letting in everybody. We're like a bar, a college bar that doesn't check ID. So if you want to come by for happy hour, you say the word. We'll be wide open. Okay, brother? One thing I want to say before I go, I know you have probably 100 okay. uh, callers lined up, but I just want to mention very quickly uh, some states lining up to oh. uh, bad abortion with the trigger law. Yeah. You know, I, I ten seconds. there should be oh, extenuating circumstances. Not all abortion cases are. Uh, yeah, I agree. He was on to something there. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. That is us. We're broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Oh, it is just lovely this time of year. The methamphetamines are in bloom. There's winos all over the sidewalk. What a dump. I can't wait to get out of here. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Johnny Joey Jones, a Purple Heart recipient, a military hero. He can't wait to get in here. He's going to join us in this hour. Back by popular demand. It's been a minute. And I was actually confronted by my relatives over the weekend. My sister had a shindig. So my nephew, Jonathan, just graduated high school. And uh, my brother, my sister's like, where's Johnny Joey? How come he hasn't been on your show lately? And, I, you know, I don't have a firm answer. There's been a couple of bookings where we had to make last-minute schedule changes. This guy's a globe trotter. He's, you know, always flexing his biceps all over the television. Uh, we will figure it out one way or the other. We'll have a sit-down with Johnny Joey in this hour. And, of course, if you yourself want to join, 888-788-9910. Very straightforward rule on this show. I say it every day. Everyone listening regularly knows what I'm about to say. Uh, you could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is all. That is all on a big, it's a big Wednesday night for your radio buddy. I will be on Tucker Carlson tonight going head-to-head against Dana Perino in the final exam, which means I might beat Dana Perino on national television. This could be a problem. A big problem. I should probably throw the game on purpose. Uh, She is quietly the most powerful person here at Fox News just because there's no higher caliber of human walking around the building. She is universally the most liked and respected person we have here. You know, I'm kind of like, if I could give you the the, the rankings. You know, they have like every Monday the college football rankings come out and it's always like the prestige programs. It's Alabama, you know, LSU, stuff like I'm like Millersville State. I'm like ranked 137th. I'm not quite in the, the coaches poll. The computer doesn't recognize the name of the school, but I'm here. I'm having a good time. I'm, you know, I'm fraternizing with the Alabamas and LSUs of the world. You know, I'm hanging out with these prestige programs, but uh, I'm certainly not one of them. Uh, but I'm having a good time, and I am forever thankful and grateful to people like yourself who have supported this rise, you know, because we're on a little bit of a – well, a little bit of a streak right now, a streak that will take us onto vacation this Friday. I will be in L.A. with Jenny and Lincoln Fela for a week. Uh, you will see me on the 4th of July if you're so inclined. I am hosting the 5 that day with Dana Perino and Jesse Waters and Judge Janine. And, uh, of course, Jessica Tarloff will be in the house as well. And that night I will be hosting Fireworks Live from Los Angeles if you want to check that out as well. But that's all that Jimmy Fela you're getting because I am going on a break and picking up the old fork and knife. You're killing yourself the way you eat. 
You're a fat f- Look at you. I, I haven't eaten that bad, actually. That's an unwarranted attack on my character. I eat good during the week because I don't want to look too fat on TV. I've told you this before. I'll say it again. Like Fox has hired a guy that follows me around the building and stops me from eating between TV hits. Put that cookie down now. There he is again. Uh, but when I go on vacation, we're pulling the goalie. We're going hard. Uh, it's been a hell of a. It has been a hell of a run. I haven't slept more than three hours in like two years. So, the idea of maybe sleeping four at some point uh, sounds great right now. Uh, but we got a little work to do between now and then because in this hour, there's a poll, and if you listen to this show every day, you know the one thing I'm pushing. I announced this the day we launched the show. So if you're a day one listener, you've heard the term before. I always talk about American privilege, American privilege. You know, for all the identity politics terms thrown about white privilege and Bernie Sanders likes to say the one percent, you know, the truth is, if you live in this country, you have American privilege. There is no place on earth, no greater place on earth to be you than right here in the United States of America. Okay, there's no no that can be of no debate, whether you're gay or you're straight or you're Asian or you're Latino or you're black or you're white. Okay, it doesn't matter what you are. If you're certainly if you're transgender, it doesn't matter what you want to be. There's no better place to be it than right here. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. But the way our politics work is we live in an age of incentivized grievance. Okay, I'm offended. Give me something. You know, I have been historically wrong. Give me something. Okay, and there is... So much value over the course of the last eight years in calling American names as opposed to celebrating all the good America does in the world. That became the business model in a post-Barack Obama world, an era of identity politics. Barack Obama, if you remember, when he was sworn in as the first black president, that was a moment where we had actually fulfilled our promise as a nation where anybody could be anything. didn't mean racism was gone. OK, didn't mean we struck it from our record. Hell no. It's going to be there forever. That's just the reality. OK, this country was founded at a time when the world had very different attitudes. Uh, but we recognized the flaw in those attitudes for a civil war where half a million white people were willing to die to end institutionalized slavery. That doesn't mean all the racist ones went away. Hell no, they didn't. But ultimately, over the course of time, we did fight for a civil rights movement that fully integrated our schools and our society. And it vanquished wide-scale racism as an acceptable practice in society for the simple fact that once people got to understand each other's cultures, it becomes very hard to maintain an attitude of racism. Racism is a byproduct of ignorance. It exists because people fear and hate cultures and things they don't know or understand. Once you actually interact interact with whatever this thing you're biased towards, whether you're a homophobe, whether you are in fact a racist, maybe even a transphobe, you realize that behind whatever these, you know, brands, whatever these labels happen to be, we're all just people. Okay, no individual race or gender has the monopoly on good or bad or happy or sad or smart or stupid. In fact, stupid people come in every shape and size. And if you don't believe me, just watch an episode of The View. The view is awful. Okay, but again, every race is represented. What do they have in common? They're all stupid. <laughs> every single one of them is stupid. You know, but we got to this place in America where it became more politically viable in a post-Barack Obama world to run and discuss not the country we are, but the country we were. 
Okay, I've told you this in the past. When Obama got elected president, I was driving a taxi. I pulled over in front of Penn Station, and I listened to his inaugural address because I was like, wow, this is actually the moment where, you know, I was told as a kid, this is America is a country where anybody could be anything. This is the moment where it actually happened. Okay, on the day Barack Obama was born in the late 1950s into a mixed marriage at the absolute bottom of the socioeconomic scale, his odds of being president were one in a quadrillion, like I'm making up a number here. It didn't exist. Nobody would have looked around the delivery room and been like, oh, there's a future president right here. Nobody. They would have taken their car keys. They probably would have taken their medical license because we didn't even have an integrated society yet. We haven't even achieved the civil rights movement at the time he was born. But that's how much we evolved as a society between then and now. But the language of racial grievance, of identity politics grievance, became so pervasive after Obama got elected because they used it as a cudgel. They said, well, well, you know, we've got people out there that aren't on board with his policies. What's so different about him that they won't support his policies? But if you took a closer look, you're like, oh, these are policies they'd never Support. If you're a conservative, the radical expansion of the size of our government is not something the conservative movement's ever been on board with, no matter who the president happened to be. If it was FDR, they fought like hell against the New Deal. In a lot of ways, they fought like hell against Lyndon Johnson's Great Society, because a lot of the government entitlement programs that were designed to look empathetic actually held people back, created an era of subsidized poverty, where people got used to you know being more reliant on the government than they were on themselves, which actually ultimately erodes that sense of self-reliance that helps people get ahead and conquer adversity. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. That's a late 70s Ronald Reagan saying stop expanding the size of the government. So the idea that Republicans were against expanding the size of the government was not new when Barack Obama you know, proposed doing it. Okay, but the media and the Democrats seized a new lane. Oh, well, we can just say everything's racist. And they ran with everything's racist. And what was so frustrating to me is Barack Obama ran on a good, empowering message. He said his slogan was, yes, we can. Yes, we can. And now the Democratic narrative is always one of, no, you can't. No, we're systemically racist. You can't. No way. You need the government to cut you a check. You got to raise a kid? Hell no. You need free health care. No way. Can't do it. College? You don't have to pay. Let the government handle it. But you understand none of this stuff they're trying to give away is free. It's stuff that ultimately gets passed on to the taxpayer. Thanks, big government weenuses. And bigger than that is it costs the people who are getting it for free double in the long run. Okay, people need to be self-sufficient in order to flourish in this society. People who come to this country as members of the minority community, okay, don't come here to be told they're oppressed and that America is a big racist hellhole. They come here because they were oppressed and they just fled a big racist hellhole. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Again, that's why Biden's polling at 26% with Latinos. Okay, they don't come to America to hear that the rich are evil. They come to America because they want to be rich. You know, when you tell people that we're actually oppressed by cartel violence and food insecurity, corrupt governments... Okay, that's what they fled. And now they're living in an America that's starting to resemble what they fled, which is why Biden's polling at 26 percent with Latinos, because they're handing them pretend words. Well, Latinx, that's a a term now. We've degendered the Latino language, Latinx, and it's only said by white people. There's no Latino people walking around saying Latinx. Less than 2 percent, according to a Gallup poll, less than 2 percent of the Latino community is familiar with the term Latinx. That is a white people term, a white liberal elite term. But those white liberal elites have gotten a lot of power by selling racial grievance, by selling racial animus. 
Okay, it's no different than defund the police. Do you know the police in this country, a minority majority now, in most major municipalities, they're not white. They're not a white majority police force, certainly not here where I live in New York City. But this idea that they've been depicted as some, like, racist killing cabal, let's be very clear. There are bad cops out there. There, are, there is such a thing. And nobody wants them held more accountable for their actions than good cops because bad cops further the distrust between police and the communities they're sworn to protect, which ultimately makes everybody less safe, including the cops, as a result. Okay, so the cops didn't want to be slandered as racist, nor did they deserve to be because we don't have any stats that says they are. Okay, the vast, vast, vast majority of the country, uh, of the police force in this country, are good guys, good gals, people who sacrificed their lives or are willing to to protect the country. Just like the vast, vast, vast majority of this country is not racist, there's no place where you can acceptably be racist in our society anymore. Can't keep a job. Nowhere. You get caught on the Internet making a TikTok video that's racist, they're calling up UPS. You're fired. Wherever you happen to work, we work. You work at Popeye's, you did something bad, somebody's doxing you. They're calling up Popeye's. You're fired. We fire people for sport in this country now. Okay, and the God's honest truth is because they've weaponized this grievance and this animosity, though, people have bought into it. I say this all the time. We live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. There's a poll out right now that we're going to discuss. It's a Gallup survey. It finds that just 38 percent of American adults are extremely proud to be American. So 38 percent are like, yeah, I'm an American. Woo. I'm wearing the jersey. Way to go. Okay, the other 62% of Americans in one form or the other aren't really rooting for the home team anymore. They're going to the Bronx, but they're not putting on a Yankee jersey, okay, because they've been told this team is so problematic. But you have to understand, no one gets on this radio show and says, oh, well, we're a perfect country. Dude, we are so far from it, okay, but we are the best country. We are, that's why everyone is migrating here. That's why millions of minorities from around the world are trying to come here because this is a great place to be them, certainly better than whatever the hell they happen to be fleeing. That's why I say every day on the show. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. But a lot of people have. The previous low for this question, this is a question they've been polling every year since 2001. Okay, the previous low for this question was 42%. Okay, so according to this new survey, 27% say they are very proud to be an American. 22% say they are moderately proud. 9% say they are only a little proud. 4%, 4% say they are not at all proud. And those are the 4% that don't like the way politics are going in this country. You know, Trump is bad or, you know, the Democrats are a bunch of commies. But the one commonality you'll find is all of the proud Americans, or at least the majority of them, are on the right. You know, if you go into a red state, uh, everybody flies an American flag. They're all over the place. When I visit Jenny's family in Ohio, it's just flags, 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 okay? When you go into a lot of the woke communities and the liberal elite communities in, like, Washington, you'll see other flags. You'll see Ukrainian flags because that's a branding exercise. You know, you see pride flags. People want to show that fashionable support. But you don't see as many American flags because there's this connotation out there, this, you know, falsehood they're selling to people that this country is not something you're supposed to be proud of. But the one thing it always comes back to is everybody, time somebody tells you they're sick of this place and they're leaving, nobody ever does. Do you ever notice that? In the history of that's it, I'm out of here, nobody ever, ever, nobody ever leaves, ever, nobody, okay? And the reason being is because this is the greatest country in the world. I didn't say it was the best. It's not the best. I didn't say it was perfect. But we're never going to get there if we don't acknowledge just how much work we've done to get here. And when I hear a poll like this, it just it bothers me because it's just so symptomatic of what people are consuming every night that, oh, America's so bad. You know, an example I would give you is like, you know, 
Florida. There are more people moving to Florida right now than any other state in the country. Like more, there are more minorities. There are more gay people. There are more elderly Americans moving to Florida than any other state in the country. And they keep saying, oh, Florida's so bad. It's a big, racist, intolerant hellhole. So why is everybody going? You know, like if you open up a restaurant and there's a three-hour wait to get in, chances are people like the food. Okay, America as a country is a restaurant with about a 20 hour wait to get in. In fact, people are now sneaking past the hostess. People are climbing in through the windows. They're doing anything they can to get here because America is the best show in town. Not only is the best show, but it's the only show. It's the Top Gun Maverick of shows in that if you go to the movie theater this weekend, everything else is going to be empty. But Top Gun's going to be packed because people like their freedom. Taking the edge off, one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Hey, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Trying to have a grown-up conversation. Johnny Joey Jones is going to join us in the next break. Damn good friend of this program. We haven't pulled up in a while. We're due for a State of the Union. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre. She's the woman, of course, who replaced Jen Psaki. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. Well, you know, we've had this horrific tragedy at our southern border where we've got 50 migrants who suffocated, died in a tractor trailer trying to sneak into the country, a country that people are sneaking into in record numbers. We've created a humanitarian crisis at the border, and it's affected affecting us, excuse me, in every single state because we have a record level of fentanyl overdose deaths. They don't just stay in Texas and Arizona. They go everywhere. But Corinne Jean-Pierre said yesterday with a straight face that the border is closed. That's what she said with a straight face. Here it is, clip 37. We're focused on them, on the facts, uh, on, and holding the human strugglers who endangered uh, vulnerable individual, uh, individuals for profits accountable. Uh, and we're and we're focused on continuing our historic actions to disrupt dangerous smuggling networks, including through new uh, anti-smuggling campaign that just in the first two months uh, resulted in over 1,800 arrests. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the border is closed. You were lying your ass off. Yeah, the border's not closed. And understand, when it comes to border security, it's not what you say, it's what you do. Okay. The border right now has had hundreds of thousands of gotaways. Gotaways, I mean people who came in and were not apprehended by Border Patrol. But of the millions that were, 99% of them were let into the country. Okay, it's not what you say, it's what you do. You could say the border's closed, but if everybody who gets caught at the border gets let into the country, it's actually open. Okay, and when they call home, they say, yeah, give it a shot. And that's why you got 50 migrants who died. Because the word on the street is it's worth trying to get in right now. We have created a humanitarian crisis. I have empathy for people on both sides of it. But nobody in Washington does. They all have empathy for their poll numbers. And that's about it. What the hell is the world coming to? Yeah, and no one revisited it. Nobody ever revisits it, folks. Uh, this guest finally revisiting the show. He had not been on in a few weeks. To the chagrin of my family, you need to know this. I was at a family function this weekend. It never happens. We have all kinds of great guests on this show. <laughs> but I was at a family function. I was at my sister's house. My brother Joey, Joey Fail, a retired NYPD cop, 
It's like, where the hell is uh, Johnny Joey Jones been? The act that actually happened. We were talking about it on the show earlier. So he's here to tell his side of the story. Fox News contributor, Fox Nation superstar host, podcast host. He does it all. Johnny Joey Jones back in the house. Hey, man. What's up, man? I think the problem is last time I was here in studio, I think you had your mom here. Oh, is that true? Yeah. And, oh, my mom and Aunt Fran. Yeah, and, and, they, you, and they, they they definitely liked me a lot more than you, and I think there's it. a little bit of some I think you got a contact there. high off my Aunt Fran, <laughs> and you're like, maybe I can't hang out in the studio anymore. I'm going to look drunk on the air. You're like, why can't you dress like this guy? And you're but, like, well, I can't wear shorts everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I, I, was, I, I, was, I, was, I was proud and happy for you. This came up at a backyard, and usually at a, a family barbecue that I would go to. Yeah. It's my family, they don't, you know those families that they don't really eat. It's like a hazing ritual. It's disgusting, <laughs> like what goes on. I'm not proud of it. So the idea that anybody had the attention to detail to bring you, I was genuinely flattered on your behalf. Because I've taken weeks off from this show when no one ever asks me. <laughs> like, when are you going to be back on your show? They've, they, been, they've been listening to you your whole life, though. That's what it is. That's what it is. They're just done. You're yeah. right. It's like, you know, if you, if you worked at McDonald's, you'd probably stop eating it after a while. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm the McDonald's they work at. They're like, I can't have another Big Mac. This is crazy. Uh, well, a lot's going on. Since you walked in sporting an Atlanta T-shirt, we should acknowledge mm. that you're Braves right now. Uh, currently four games back of the Mets, but how are you feeling in a post-Freddie Freeman world? I feel about my Braves the same way I always do, okay. uh, which is they are boomer bust by the month. That's just who they are. They get hot, mm-hmm. and you just hope they get hot at the right time. Well, the thing about the Mets is this is usually right where it turns into the Mets. This You're is exactly like, right. And, and, and the there Cinderella's... is some consistency there where yeah. Atlanta heats up all year and yep. the Mets uh-huh. cool off all year. Yeah, for the Cinderella story that is the Mets, it's like 11.53 right now at night. It's very close to midnight. <laughs> you never know. I mean, they're holding out hopes in the there, but they had a rough night out in Queens last night. Let me ask you this, man. So I've, I've been all over the map. There's been so many stories we haven't covered since the last time we saw each other. Guns, obviously abortion's a big one. I was just talking about the border, okay? I don't believe the border's closed. I believe that... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I think it's laughable on its face <laughs> yeah. that Corinne Jean-Pierre said it was. Yeah. But is there a version of this where they, they believe they have operational control, or is this just a politically calculated wording? If you look at it, what they said is they said the border's closed, and um, then they moved into really blaming this network of coyotes, the, yeah. the human traffickers, and saying, uh-huh. you know, we're doing – we're closed. basically what they're saying is we've closed the border to, uh, you know – People that want to just come across on yeah. their own, mm-hmm. it's the industry that's driving it now. Okay. And they're trying to point at this 18-wheeler to say that. That's just simply not true. Uh-huh. The, the Gataway number tells you the border isn't closed. Yeah. And so that's the problem. The, the ones that come through through coyotes in, in an infrastructure, they're not being counted in Gataways. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about everybody is being counted in Gataways, and that's in the hundreds of thousands that sure. we know about. Um, so, no, the border isn't closed. Uh, maybe the border is as closed as they ever want it to be. Yeah. I think what they would like to see is it even out with a sense of normalcy. Like, oh, yeah, you know, 10,000 more came across, but mm-hmm. we're busing them to Oklahoma and Utah, so it's not a big deal. Uh-huh. And I just don't think that's going to be the way it turns out because every little thing stresses our economy right now. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you who gets hurt the worst, and I grew up in it and saw it. It's people that come across the border illegally. You're yeah. never fully a part of this free amazing country you yep. are always living in the shadows which means you're susceptible to be taken advantage of you don't have the opportunities other people have you may have some immediate gratification in the sense of uh, local health department or yeah. certain types of government benefits that are afforded mm-hmm. to extremely poor people that you can take advantage of right away yep but when it comes to getting your kids into college or just doing the things that americans stri- that what really is that american dream why you come here it's yeah. a lot more difficult if not impossible for many of those people and so what happens is their kids that are United States citizens 
come of age, and they go, you know what? That was a terrible way for you to come here. I'm not going to vote for people that want that to happen. Yeah. And then you see the Rio Grande Valley and other places in the country that are largely Hispanic Flat. turn towards the right. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's going on right now. And I feel like on some level what they've turned the border into, so you know when you're young, there's a bar in town that the word gets out that they're not IDing people. So everybody <laughs> yeah. starts showing up. We're like, yeah. we're, exactly we've right. become the bar that's yeah. not IDing underage people. So it's crowded. Well, and it's when you talk about the border, mm-hmm. um, I think the big misconception is that by the Biden administration has made these huge sweeping changes that just took parts of the border and left it unmanned. No, they came in with the posture and the messaging, the narrative that, hey, if you make it here, we're going to take care of you yeah. to where Trump did not have that narrative. That's how much narrative matters. I mean, yeah. it changes how world leaders respond to provocations. It, mm-hmm. We call it posturing, narrative. It's not what you do. It's how you say you're doing it or why you say you're doing it that changes people's hearts and minds, and that's what has created this influx. It, it is. It's frustrating because you're spot on, and I don't think they see it that way. We're talking to Johnny Joey Jones. He's back in studio to the relief of my family. Like, people <laughs> were bothered. Your brother Joey was bothered. My, you know, it's funny because my mom watches Gutfeld every night. Just you know, she. It started out as like this is how people become around the clock Fox people. They start out with like a show they like, and the next thing you know, there's like they watch three shows because the guy on the yeah. show they like is on the other show. Yeah. The next thing you know, they haven't left their house in four years. <laughs> they're just watching it and buying books and hanging out. And God love them. I'm happy for it. But my mom is now so on top of your schedule. It's like you're, you're a thing. Like you're going to have to come to a fail of function. Listen, I'm not on top of my schedule. So tell her to send me an email and, let, and remind me where I need to be. Were you hosting Fox and Friends first this week? Are you going to be on tomorrow? Are we getting the I band am, back all together? All week long. Uh, proud yes. Papa Pyro had a baby and uh, somebody had to fill in the seat. And so they they let me do it. Stop it. I, I am stunned they're putting us back on TV again tomorrow. I'm I thought last you. Friday was it. I thought, <laughs> I thought somebody would step in and be like, no, no, we can't do this. Um, all right. Well, I'm excited for that then. Did that sound convincing? I rehearsed it. Yeah. I'm kidding. No, I don't, I'm I don't thrilled. Know. It's going to be great. It felt very in the moment. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, this abortion debate, we've been having this discussion I basically every day since last Friday too. I don't feel like it's being framed honestly. I feel like if we were to start there, okay, there is obviously a political divide on this issue. But I think there's a bigger divide over what the truth is and that overturning Roe versus Wade didn't criminalize or end abortion. You know, it just is certainly going to give states their own vo- voice in determining where the limitation should be if they are going to exist, um, which I am in favor of doing. Um, but do you feel like on some level uh, – maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong – But I feel like the reason big issues like abortion and gun control don't show the progress we want as a society is we don't start at square one from an honest place, like an honest place on the issue. Like, what do you think of that? I think there's a couple of things at play here. One, there are just fundamental differences in beliefs. Okay, that's true. If you don't have in your core a belief or a a conviction that an unborn child is is a life – Mm-hmm. It's really hard for you to wrap your mind around the government telling you you have to go through this pregnancy. Like I, I yeah, can I even if that. I don't agree with that, I can sympathize I, and I understand, understand it. it. Yeah. If you do have in you that that unborn child at the moment of conception is a human life, mm-hmm. there's really not an excuse for abortion that you're okay with, whether yeah. it be rape or incest. As, yeah. as horrific as that may be, that's where your fundamental beliefs are. How do you get those two people on the same page? I, I don't know that you ever do. Yeah. What you can do is create empathy for the other in the one. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have two groups of people that are the loudest. One would wrap a chastity belt on everybody until they're married, and the other one would probably kill a toddler to keep from paying taxes on it. Like, And that <laughs> might be true, 1% yeah. on each side, but mm-hmm. they own all of the narrative. They have all the real estate. You're and right. that's what's disheartening. And then you put on top of that 
the worst human beings we have to offer, which generally are politicians who say, man, if we keep this ginned up for a while, we can get some votes off that. That's so true. That happens with the border. It happens with abortion. It happens with guns. It happens with a lot of things that are not a lot of movement happens with. Because here's the deal, man. If you elect me because I'm telling you this is broken, what incentive do I have to fix it? You're rewarding me for <laughs> yeah. complaining about it being broken. Yeah. The money's in the comeback, as, yeah. as Chris Rock once famously said. <laughs> they right. just keep you coming back yeah. for that electoral treatment. Well, it's true because the minute, you know, the, the court ruled on Roe, every one of those fundraising emails went out. No yeah. different than Uvalde. Every one of those fundraising emails went out. I get the feeling, uh, again, I think you've already articulated perfectly, that even with Roe, they'd rather this be a midterm election than a, a midterm issue than anything else, which is what I felt about guns, too. I mean, when you watched the compromise, the, what they're calling the bipartisan bill that was passed, I don't look at this as something that's going to change anything, but I feel like they wanted to declare victory on something. What do you think? You know, I wonder, like in uh, the state of Wisconsin, it's a really interesting case. Mm-hmm. They have an 1890s law that outlawed abortion. They have a 1980s law that essentially contradicts that 1890s law. I can't remember how the, the statues and the laws are two different things, so I don't, you know, I'm not yeah. pretending to be a parliamentarian here, but... They have two laws on the books. One's 100 years newer than the other mm-hmm. uh, that refer to abortion. If Roe versus Wade is overturned, it goes back to those two laws. So we're going to take a court case to figure it out. I think we're going to see a lot of that. Yeah. I don't know if there's going to be fundamental changes in people's lives for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you want to talk about the partisanship of the Supreme Court, I think people have it wrong. Mm-hmm. The partisanship of the Supreme Court I don't think comes in in the ruling. Mm-hmm. We can look at the makeup of the Supreme Court to see how these people see the law. Mm-hmm. The partisanship probably comes in when they decide which cases to take up. That's a good you point. You get a largely conservative mm-hmm. Supreme Court. In what cases do they take up? They take up guns. They take up abortion. They take up religious freedom. Yep. Um, and, and that's not by accident. So yeah. the partisanship of the makeup of the court really comes with what they decide because the court doesn't have to take these cases. Yeah, you're right. There's no, from my understanding, mm-hmm. having gone to zero days of law school, the court <laughs> has a lot of autonomy in deciding which appellate cases they bring yeah. and listen to. Listen, my whole legal background is the movie My Cousin <laughs> Vinny, so don't feel bad. Two well, I've seen, I've seen, uh, yeah, I've seen Mr. Smith goes to Washington a few dozen times. So I think <laughs> I understand the legislative process. It's maybe not the judicial. Well, I've been to traffic court as a cab driver a lot. <laughs> you know, I've, I've beaten tickets. I'm actually pretty good in traffic court. I have some game. You know what works in traffic court when yeah. you roll in in a wheelchair and no legs? And you're like, how is I speeding? I can't even reach the pedals. <laughs> you either get a laugh or a, oh. You got to work the system, though. I get it. That's I got it. you. There's, there's perks of every gig, and, and you found yours. <laughs> and, I, and I respect that. All right, give me some career advice really quick. If you were going up against Dana Perino in the final exam on Tucker, would you tank it on purpose for fear of the blowback <laughs> from beating her on national TV? What would you do? Not in the least. I would give it my absolute best, and I would still lose because she's that good. <laughs> So you're just saying yeah. you're not really truly faced with a conundrum. You wouldn't have to throw the game because you couldn't win it to begin yeah, with. It's like the Mets. This guy. <laughs> well, that is kind of where I'm at here. Is I think in Vegas we're facing off tonight. I'm probably an 800 to one underdog. You know, I've, yeah. I'm billing the matchup as White House versus White Castle you in also, terms of you our also career boss. Bet on yourself. You think bet so? Bet on yourself. Try and win this. Yeah. Well, but but I, in life, yes, I would bet on me in life. I, I I work hard. I know I'll show up and do the gig. But in in terms of knowledge <laughs> and Dana Perino, I don't know, man. I don't. You know, Dana's funny. Um, yeah. she's a very smart woman. Mm-hmm. Just hope there's a sports question. I guess <laughs> that is true. She yeah. have a, if it's dog selfies or anything else, I'm yeah, dead. You're but, done. But you're right. If it's like something about the '96 World Series, <laughs> Charlie Hayes caught the last out of the '96 World Series. Where's my money? 
I don't think it's going to happen that way. Uh, Georgia Fourth of July, really quick before I let you go. Um, how fireworks, explosives, what goes on? Here's what's cool about Fourth of July in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Going back to the immigration thing, we have a huge Hispanic population. Okay, and they will roll out fireworks for twelve hours. It's like <laughs> I mean, like they like it is. And I love it because, yeah. I mean, we, fireworks start as the sun goes down and yeah. they stop when it comes up. <laughs> and uh, everybody does their own, plus every every little local municipality does it. Uh, generally, Georgia 4th of July is hot dogs, hamburgers grilling out. Yep. Um, it's hot, real hot. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll be in New York, so I won't, oh. get to, I won't get to do it. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. You won't be in Georgia with all those traumatized dogs. As a matter of fact, you know, <laughs> if you want to turn off the radio and turn on the TV at about 8 p.m. Ooh. on the 4th of July, we have a little special, a two-hour special. You're going to see me at some point. Yeah, that's exactly I'll, There right. you go, Johnny Joey. Exactly How about right. that? I didn't even know we were on the same thing. This has been, it's been very cloak and dagger. This is what I know. Yeah, I'm know. filming a, a package at the Santa Monica Pier this Saturday. If anybody wants to come out and be a part <laughs> of it, that's part of that show. Oh. But aside from that, it's been it's very, it's like a mafia sit-down. They don't tell me where it is or how I'm going to get there. El, I'm just glad I'm not the only one that flew all the way to the West Coast for two minutes of that show. I, <laughs> I, I went out to Camp Pendleton. I'll have a package from my old unit. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Two days of flying, a day of filming for two minutes of that show. <laughs> that's how much we love you guys, and that's how much work we put in. That's it. commitment, folks. You better, you better give us those ratings. That's it. That's do, they, it. do they count as two viewers if they're seeing double? How does that work? <laughs> Let's hope. It's the 4th of July. They'll just be boozing Tune hard. in, tune away, and tune back, and it looks like we gained viewers. Is that yeah, look how at that the works? steam they're yeah. picking up. After yeah. since, ever since that two-minute Camp Pendleton <laughs> thing happened. See? Ratings gold. Johnny yeah. Joey. I, I'll see you in the morning. Yeah, I'm excited. Rock and roll. There he goes. The great Johnny Joey Jones. There we go back after this. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Wow, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Shout out to Johnny Joey Joe. My family really was asking about it because he comes on the show a lot. And uh, he hadn't been on in a couple of months. We had two scheduling errors, one on his part. Uh, one last week he was supposed to be on uh, the day Roe versus Wade got overturned. And uh, we just actually had to move him uh, from Molly Hemingway. Because if Molly Hemingway says she's going to come on your show, they'll move me from Molly Hemingway. They'll be like, no, Jimmy, you're just not hosting. Molly came on. She wants a guest host. That's just how it works. Uh, but the point is we love Johnny Joey Jones. Always great to have him on. Um, and, uh, you know, the fact that he is on the 4th of July special that I'm on uh, this coming Monday is a big deal. I, I love doing TV with him. We're going to be on Fox & Friends first together tomorrow morning. My hit is at 524 in the a.m., and uh, seven short hours later, I will be on with the great Harris Faulkner right around noon. If you want to check that out as well, then I will be here on the show closing out a big week uh, before I actually go away, which is going to be epic. And, of course, tonight, uh, Tucker Carlson with the great Dana Perino. Very excited to be a part of that as well. But the headline, the takeaway from today's show, you know, really was this testimony yesterday at the January 6th committee that turned out to be entirely false. The Secret Service now vowing this story dropped during the commercial break. Secret Service now saying it would soon respond to the House Select Committee investigating the Capitol riot after former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson wrongly claimed President Trump made a lunge at his protection officer when he was unable to join his supporters of the Capitol that day. The pull quote here, the United States Secret Service has been cooperating with the committee since its inception in spring of 2021. We'll continue to do so, including by responding on the record to the committee regarding the new allegations surfaced in Tuesday's testimony. So two agents 
okay, are ready to go on the record and say this didn't happen, okay? This, what she says right here, which is clip one. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. Okay, understand that the Secret Service is saying that that is not true. <laughs> That's what they're saying. So this was a bombshell. This is all over the media today. All are we choked a Secret Service agent. I've never seen anything like it. Jeffrey Tubin, famous for choking the chicken. Uh, he was a little worked up. Here it is, clip eight. He tried to strangle his Secret Service agent. If someone had told you that 15 minutes before this hearing started, you would have said, you know, you'd watch too many movies. I mean, the, the scene is so much worse and so much crazier than any of us thought. And the number of criminal offenses that Donald Trump may have committed over the course of January 6th just got a lot longer, including assault on a Secret Service agent. That was embarrassing. Do you understand? Didn't happen. I come on the show every day, man. I say at the top of the show, like, I don't care how you vote. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're America. You can all be whatever the hell you want. But be honest about it. Okay? What they're doing right now is damaging to all of us. You got to take that step back and say, am I doing this because I'm emotional and I hate the other side? Because if you are, you're not a Republican. You're not a Democrat. You are a... The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.